Wes, we've got a very special episode of Star Trek to cover today because we have the return of a fan-favorite Star Trek character. Wow. And I think you know what I'm talking about. The Klingon D4, baby. <laughs> we rolled hot tonight, Clay. Get your Dungeons & Dragons books out. The D4 is back. The D4 is back. Did they say that? Full frame everything. <laughs> full ass shot of the D4. Michael Ansara in full makeup for 30 seconds. The D4 gets the only the best. Is, is it... um? Uh, do they say its name in this episode? No, I don't believe they do. Oh, that's that's funny. When when I was actually uh, during this, I sort of whenever that chip popped up, I was thinking back to the it's discovery, right? It's the, that discovery yeah. season that they do that. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So um, uh, I guess we were thinking along the the same lines. If that's what you're uh, thinking of too, but I don't know what that was. That start. The, if somehow discovery has supplanted that chip design as just being that scene where they they reveal that that's what they've designed, <laughs> I think discovery has integrated itself into the franchise at this point. <laughs> yeah, is it the D four? It, it is the D four, right? We're not just. I believe so. I thought it was the D five, but then I looked up the D five, and that seems to be a different ship. But the D four seems to be. The uh, the the classic one, I think. Yeah, yeah, it, I think so. Let me see here. It's not the it's not the B four. It's a B four, right? Oh, the B four. The B four. I think it's a the B four. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> we're, not, we're, we're not doing the we're not, <laughs> we're not doing. I think it's the B four. If you if you Google it, this is the ship that he is on. I think. Do you have the picture up? I I'm I think it's the D four. I think it's a D. Let me say because well, let me go. Just, to, let me go to the memory alpha here. And Sarah, who is it? He's Kang. Let me see. Let me see. It's here. <laughs> I think you might be. I mean, it's funny that they and Kang's. It's a Tainga class, which is a. What do we call this? What the hell? Or did you send me something? So that's that's the picture. That's the that's the ship design with the with the the bulb in the front. Yeah, and that's what he. So this is his, according to, <laughs> according to memory alpha. This is the ship. Oh, that he's on. Is okay, that that well, one? Whatever. It is that it's one. The same, it's the same fuck. It's the same <laughs> fucking ship. It's it's close enough. <laughs> what is the B four? Hold on. What the fuck is the B four then? Uh, we'll, we'll be done. I, I don't we'll know if there is a B four. This is, but it's pulling up a Katinga. That's what this is. When I when I search B four Klingon ship, it gives me Katinga class ship, which is this. Oh, image. Okay, I looked up B four Klingon just on Google, and it just gave me a bunch of pictures of Klingons. Let me see what a D four is. The D four class is the bird of prey. It's a small patrol ship. That's too confusing because those two letters sound very close to they each do. other. That's going to be a mess. <laughs> and and having for a, comms. Six, a six year old, uh, I know that the B and the D are only differentiated by which way they face, which is a common six yes. year old question. So it's clearly confusing. Anyway, I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to stomp on your joke, but I thought I, I couldn't remember which one it was. But they're too close. Either way, it. Uh, do you watch uh, Big Mouth by any chance? No, I don't think so. No, they had a, a running gag on the season of Big Mouth where anytime someone said 15, the other person would go, did you say 15 or 50? Yeah. And they would do it the other way where they'd say 50. Did you say 50 or 15? 
Yep, it is. I have a. Uh, I work with someone with a strong Indian accent, and it's it's very difficult to determine if he's saying fifteen or fifty at the at that time. I, I understand that joke. I get it. Um, well, anyway, we we can talk about that discovery episode again if we want to, because I think that that's what it's all pointing back to. It's our own. You, is, it's our own flashback. Is your, is your coworker's favorite Van Halen album fifty one fifty? Is that? <laughs> I bet that would be difficult <laughs> to talk we, about. We've tried to dive into it, but we just can't get past the opening. What are we talking about, Salva? This is... Uh-oh, i got to go back. I've clicked too many links, and now I'm... There we are. I'm back at Flashback. It's our own personal flashback of remembering Star Trek Discovery. What a show. This is Flashback, the second episode of the third season of Voyager. It came out on September 11th, dear God, 1996. So, few. <laughs> Written by Brandon Braga, directed by David Livingston, in universe date 50126.4, which is 2373. And also, what year, Clay? What year is the flashback take place in? If this is 2373 in Voyager's time? Uh, 80 years before that. 2293. When Tuvok begins to suffer from a mental breakdown triggered by a suppressed memory, a mind meld with Janeway takes him back takes him back to his tour of duty, but he can't go back, he knows, with Captain Sulu aboard the USS Excelsior. So basically he goes back and he relives the moment from his past because he's got some brain farts happening to him. I love the part where Janeway, they show up in his mind, and then Janeway was like, why is this Why is this Brian Adams song playing? <laughs> Are you not, feeling not complaining. wistful and nostalgic for the band you used to be in? <laughs> <laughs> Tuvok's hair is just much more fashionable than it is right now. Yeah, flashback. We go back, we see Sulu, we see what he was doing during the undiscovered country, fucking around in a nebula. Uh, we we learn about Tuvok a little bit. We get to see a girl fall into the Grand Canyon alien hell 5,000 times. It's was, everything so we got. That, towards the end, when they did the montage of people <laughs> holding her hand, that was like a fucking... Airplane joke. It, it <laughs> a lot of the black kids just saying like jive turkeys if he's not actually yeah, like, straight out like of I Africa. was expecting them to cut back and there'd be like a nun and then they would cut back again and it would be like you know uh, Marshall McLuhan or something right, weird a, like that. Hari Krishna is uh, up next. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of that. A lot of that shot. Uh, what do you think about this? I. I'll throw it to you by just saying I was pretty bored by this one. Actually, mm-hmm. I, th- I thought this was a really boring episode. Yeah, uh, I thought it was fun because I am a sucker for, you know, the old costumes and some of the the the, the TOS, especially the movie era stuff. Yeah, but uh, boy, is this episode a mess as far as like <laughs> being entertaining, being entertaining and like structure and uh, man, the end. The last scene again on the show is just like you went through all that shit for. You and you basically throw it out for the sake of Tuvok doing like a Paramount ad for the other shows of Star Trek, where it's where it's like that. That stuff was all crazy, but I do have to say that Captain Kirk was the best captain, and I yeah would be would be I would be delighted to spend more time in the 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 period of Sulu and Bones and Spock <laughs> and Jane was like, yes, me too. I would love to do the same thing Tuesdays on Paramount Plus. <laughs> But it's like, you know, it's like, I don't even know what the hell this episode was about, ultimately. Yeah, not not about much. Because, like, they get into this repressed memory thing, and then all of a sudden you find out the repressed memory is fake 
because it's like a memory virus, which yep. is, I guess, kind of a fun idea. But like that gets really jumbled up and muddy really quick. And then it all comes down to there's not like a there's not like anything really that is Tuvok needs to work through. It's just bringing him back to the moment where this other guy on the ship died and he caught the virus. Yeah, he got got sick. Yeah. And once they figure that out, it's like, oh, okay, ah, fuck it, we figured it out. We killed, we killed the virus off screen through uh, radio waves or yep. whatever, and then yep. it's just over now. And I was like, I, what, what was this about? <laughs> it's because like you, they have that final. I, I feel like that that final scene. You could have at least tried to pull things together and have Tuvok make some like overarching statement about who he is as a person now or i don't know something but like (laughs) the guy who died it's not like he was particularly close to that guy it seemed no um and then like you know there's no moment where it it i never got the sense that this guy's death was like a defining moment for tuvok i guess maybe because that's what made him leave starfleet you could go that route but like yeah well he they, does they dramatically you, scream get away from that console like david or whatever that guy's name is every time it blows up in his face and he goes no but it's yeah not, it's, I not guess well, they, it's not well uh, like defined as a relationship yeah they kind of they kind of give you a bit of the thematic stuff like halfway through when he's telling janeway about why he left starfleet listen that's and the, that that's was, the actual interesting star trek episode right yeah yeah and that stuff was fairly interesting but like Ultimately, I don't really feel like he gets anything out of this. Like, this is ultimately just let's explore some of Tuvok's backstory for no particular reason. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's definitely designed just to bring back Sulu and the, and the Excelsior and stuff and to show what's going on at the time when the Undiscovered Country is happening. Sure, yeah. Because it really doesn't have anything else to do with anything. Like I, I think that the, the the only really interesting thing about this episode to me is the fact that like Tuvok sort of explains his backstory of Starfleet, and it's kind of fascinating that he's a yeah. been alive for so long and seen so much, and also that he took like a fifty year sabbatical from Starfleet for for yeah. a little bit. And you know, seeing seeing his flashback to being in that sabbatical, I can just imagine so many ways that that episode could go and be interesting about him. But it's it's just the moment before he goes on that sabbatical, right? Like yeah. this is the thing that causes that to happen. And then it's all revealed to just be the mind virus thing that he got infected by at this point and now he's he's carrying it for whatever. Yeah, it's um I just I just thought it's the worst kind of uh, it's not the worst kind, but it's like it's a really ineffective um homage episode. Yeah. And like the obvious comparison is um coming out at the same time trouble with uh the trouble with what's the DS9 trials trials and tribulations the DS9 mm. episode a much better idea that's pretty much the same oh, yeah. thing but just done yeah. much better yeah 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 it's it's an odd choice i mean i i liked seeing sulu i thought he got a really good introduction like walking through the smoke and yeah. you, you have the big camera move <laughs> yeah. that was great it was good yeah cut to the credits yeah um but yeah, it's uh, Janeway like, doesn't even talk to him because she can't. No. She's just she's just a, a memory walking around. Well, she, she can could. talk to Tuvok. She could at the end because mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, for some reason, his memories could see her because he was dying, or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was dying or something, and then they were both of their brains were dying. I don't know. Yeah, but like like there was, 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have Janeway interact with Sulu at all, which they they go out of their way to say she can't do or something because it would. The, if the memory goes off course, it'll cause him permanent brain damage or something. <laughs> and so they come up with this this wild idea where it's like they've been there for a, a while and seen some stuff before this moment. And then she's like, let's just, okay, what if we relive this again? And I was like, okay, so they're going to go back a couple minutes. No, they go all the way back to the beginning where Janeway now has to steal someone's clothes. Yep. And then they, I guess, relive the entire three days or something that they covered uh, just to get it just it just seemed sloppy to me. It was just uh, it was like fun ideas, but I don't think it was um, particularly tightly uh, uh, structured or written. Is the is the goatee guy who dies? Was he on? Is he in the movie? I think he's in the movie because he looked really familiar. Is he? I mean, he was he flip flopping between a Russian accent or was he? I felt like sometimes he wasn't speaking with a Russian accent and sometimes it sounded like he was. Maybe that's just me, but he... Oh, I didn't even notice. I, I don't know if it was the first time he talked or something. He sounded like he was doing like a uh, Chekhov riff or something. But um, I don't know if there's another similarly bearded fellow who's in the movie and he just looks similar. They they went down that route. Also, the woman yeah. with the blonde hair. Okay, she was she's from the old show, right? Yeah, that's um Grace Lee Whitney, I think the actress is who plays um is Rand, right? The uh, Yes. Yeah. Kirk's like uh, woman assistant <laughs> in the first couple episodes. Uh and yes, he he is he is on the Excelsior in Star Trek 6. Oh, that guy is. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, they're pulling out all the stops in a way that is irrelevant. For, for yeah, this. I know. I applaud. <laughs> I applaud their uh, continuity. But uh... Tuvok doesn't even talk to Sulu in this in any meaningful way. No, I was kind. Of, well, he gives him a cup of tea, which gives was, him a I cup of tea. Yeah, he sucks ass a little cups. bit. Yeah, those those Excelsior tea tea cups are nice. Um, I was actually legitimately surprised that they used the Excelsior set. Hmm. because I was just assuming they would do something to save money where it's like, wait, we're on the Excelsior, but the bridge looks just like Voyager. It's like, oh, that's your, your memory. Yeah, memory's getting bleeding confused. In. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, they actually busted out the Excelsior set, which was which is fun. And I, I love seeing that ship. I always like the Excelsior design. Yeah, the bridge um, design is pretty cool. I, I like it. It's um, I, I think I generally like the one captain seat design. Um, mm-hmm. I know it feels it's old. It's of the older era with Kirk and everything like that. And now with TNG, they moved into the sort of like the. It's not just the the head of the beast, but there's three heads or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And Voyager has a couple seats, maybe just two, but at least has a couple of them. But I, I like the. Um, I just like the focus design of the Excelsior and TOS bridge. Just everything is at the captain, who's like literally sitting on like the sort of like an iron throne in the middle of the room. Um, I like that yes, stuff. Yeah. I like the design of it and everything. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love the exterior, like the the shape of the ship and stuff. It's, I think nice it's one of my favorite, design. yeah, designs. I like the Excelsior class design. I think it looks neat. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those. I assume that's an ILM design from when they were doing the movies. Or, okay, I mean, I, I don't know who does the the concept art for that stuff. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's a good looking ship. The only thing that I don't like about it though is I don't like when the Enterprise B was an Excelsior ship. Oh, okay. Because, I don't know, I just, the Enterprise should be something else. Different than that, yeah. Well, uh, it was of the era, I think. It was like the 57 Chevy of that era of Starfleet. Every ship was that kind. 
Also, again, probably cheap to cheaper to do that than to design a new enterprise. Why do you not like the Excelsior as the B? I, I always thought like I liked the. I think they. I think it's called the C is what I think is called an ambassador class, and I like I. I do like mm-hmm. the evolution of the C to the D. Like the C looks like a fatter, chunkier version of the Enterprise D. So it feels like yes. a natural design flow. The Excelsior. Yeah. The problem I think is that the Excelsior is so sleek, and then it moves to this sort of like fat thing after it. It doesn't seem like it makes a lot of design sense to me. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just like the Excelsior being it's a separate ship because okay. I because I think of. The Enterprise is one ship and the Excelsior is another. So to make oh, I see what the, you mean. the Enterprise an Excelsior <laughs> class ship, if that's if I don't know if that's what the class yes, is. Yes, that, that is the class, I think, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not a fan. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because it, um, it's the, uh, I guess it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't reference any. They, like they had that DS9 episode where the Dominion uh, made that its suicide run against the Galaxy class ship. That was not mm-hmm. the Enterprise, but it was a Galaxy Class ship. Nonetheless, uh, it's yeah, along the I same think, lines. I think that's kind of what it is. Like I understand that they're going to build more than one ship per yep. name. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's just a thing where it's like, no, that's the Enterprise. It's not the USS Falcon or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess the, I mean, the Excelsior would be the first class of that ship, first ship of that class if it's named after it. Is the way it works? So I guess because it was in the movies, right? Was it was supposed to be a cutting edge ship, or am I just imagining? I think so. That? Yeah, I think so. Probably, yeah. Anyway, back to this episode. Um, yeah, not not a favorite of mine. I liked uh, Tim Russ's Tuvok acting in the start when he starts to like lose his mind and starts stumbling <laughs> down yeah. the halls and everything like that. Um, Could have done without with a little bit less of the no Tuvok, help me ah. As terrifying yeah. as that was, because that is quite a cliff that she fell off of. Um, yeah, I and spe- you know, especially with something like that, when you are giving this supposedly uh repressed memory about a a young friend of yours falling to their death down the the grand canyon because you couldn't hold on to their hand i i feel like if you're gonna bait and switch that as a fake memory you need to replace it in the story with something equally as weighty you mean the cause has to be as weighty like the yeah, virus, like, or you mean that he's covering up something equally weighty? No, like like it's one of those things where it's like, here's the thing he's trying to trying to figure out, right? Well, that turns out to be a, a, a fake. So the thing that he actually finds out along the way has to occupy like the same narrative space. Gotcha. So yeah. for him to have uh, something as traumatic as that be fake, I feel like he has to discover something that has the same emotional weight. To not to make this episode feel like it's about something, which it does not feel like it's about anything. Right, gotcha. Yeah. So you're saying that skimping out by having a sort of tertiary story connected to a mind virus MacGuffin or whatever. It's not even a MacGuffin. It's just a sort of a mind virus um, escape No, it's hatch. not a MacGuffin. Yeah. It's just like a made-up thing to get just them out ma- of the story. Yeah, it's just the exit of the story. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I don't... I mean, I'd, at that point, I, I'd kind of sort of checked out of the episode because you know that there's only like two minutes left in it and it's like all right whatever this explanation is not going to be nearly as interesting as what i would hope it would be and also it was um i I wasn't even really interested in the solution at the end it just i i think it was just because as you're saying there's like so there's so little of a narrative drive in it that it's just like whatever like how how is this how is this going to end who cares i guess this whole thing is designed around sulu 
I'm not even totally sure what happened at the end. They just kind of like were looking at these uh, memory engrams or something, and they're like, wait, there's three, and now there's two, and now one of them's moved into Janeway. Turn turn that dial. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now it looks like it looks like it's going away. Oh, thank God. We did it. We did it. That's and classic it just like one of those That's things. Classic, yeah. classic Voyager twisting some dial action. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, any scene in particular that you sort of dug out of this one? Is there any? I, I liked. Um, I liked Tuvok talking to Rand about the tea. I thought that that was kind of neat. Um, mm. I, I feel they did a. You know, Janeway sort of she does this sort of like weird lip service about like, oh boy, I wish I could find myself in a Kirk Spock sandwich. Where she starts thinking about that. <laughs> um, I they I thought that they something that was kind of fun that I wish they had played with more is that they do make sort of uh, overt in this episode that like the Kirk era was a little bit different of an era for Star Trek, yeah. like the franchise. Yeah. And I wish they had played with that a little bit more. Um, they don't really. It's just Janeway talking about it. Like even when Tuvok stands up to Sulu and says, "Like I don't, I don't think this is the right thing to do to go after the Klingons and disobey our orders." It's not like it's not really connected to this was a different era and things had to be done differently on the ship. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought Harry Kim being like struck, but he's like, "There's no hollow decks. Like what the hell do you do?" <laughs> uh, I thought that could have been kind of fun to explore because they haven't done it to this point, but they they don't really touch on it at all. Well, I think the um the uh, the scene that I liked the most was probably that scene when Tuvok um objects to what they're doing and sulu kind of gives them the rundown of why they're doing it and like i thought that was going to be more important like this idea that the rules as written are not necessarily the uh the only or best way to do things yeah you're making what Um, does he say you're making the right choice you you're right but for the wrong reasons yeah something something like like that. that yeah um and so I thought that was going to lead into Tuvok's having a better understanding of something that that was going to relate to the plot later, mm-hmm. which it doesn't. And then, but even after that, uh, after that speech, the first thing that happens is Janeway walks out and goes, "You you did the right thing." And it's like, "Well, okay, yeah." So what's the what what are we supposed to take away from this here? Yeah, like I I, I get like I get. I get that Tuvok, this whole experience is what soured him on the Federation and on Starfleet, but I, f- I feel like there's no swing back in the story on the other side of that where, like, you know, he he talks about why he came back, which was one of my favorite scenes because he's like, Jane is like, what brought, you, what brought you back to Starfleet? And he basically says, well... I had children, and uh, I just had to get the fuck yeah, out of there. I had to leave the house. <laughs> um, but like you know, it doesn't it doesn't lead into him making any sort of like personality change or uh, yeah. um, tactical change to solve the problem or anything. It just kind of all happens. And yeah, it's all people talking at each other, and then it's just over. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Like Tuvok has no real, I think, what do they call it, an inflection point for a character. There's no, there's no hinge for him here. It's just he, 
he was there in the past and therefore he can go back and be the medium through which Janeway sees all this story happening, but it doesn't really involve him in any way outside of getting sick. So you end up with no conflict. He's, he has no ability to challenge anything. He has no ability to change what things, um, how things happen uh, in the bigger part of the franchise. Yeah. You know? Like imagine like what if he had at certain point, um, the thing starts to spread over to Janeway and then the doctor breaks the mind mold, the mind melt. And so Janeway's now like comatose or something. Mm-hmm. And so the doctor needs to figure out blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I need to go back in there. And the doctor's like, well, you can't do that because if you do that, you might blah, 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 because these are the ethical reasons why you can't. And then Tuvok's like, listen, it's, I know it's the right thing to It's the wrong thing to do for the right reasons. And yeah. then he goes back in and that, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But you don't get any of that. Cause there's no like real narrative driving. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's too uh it's too bad. I mean I I I <clears throat> Yeah, I just found it um I don't know. I I watching it I found it unique to watch. It just it felt different than a lot of the other episodes. I don't really know why. Um yeah. I'm not super enamored with the TOS era. Um I mean I I think the designs are neat and it's kind of fun to go back, but I it's not strong enough of a pull for me where you can just not do anything with it. Um, yeah, right. And like trials and tribulations is just the opposite where it's, you know, it changes events in that episode. Like once you see the DS nine episode, you go like, Oh, there's a whole thing going on in the background of the TOS episode, which is kind of cool and kind of neat to think about. But this is, is not that it's, um, it's just kind of slow, tedious, uh, even the hook of a traumatic memory being suppressed got a yawn from me. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's just one of those like, Oh boy, here we go. And it actually yeah. ended up being even more underwhelming. Than I thought it was going to be. So that's never a trajectory that you want to go on. So nothing good. Yeah. Like this is going to be an, a weird comparison to make, I think, but this is kind of like if you took the finale of enterprise yeah. with, uh, with, uh, um Riker going in going back in to see what happened to the enterprise did blah 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 and if if uh it's like if the end of that troy came over and was like will why did you decide to go back and relive that and he's like i don't know just seemed kind of fun (laughs) (laughs) you know like like that's what's missing is that there there's nothing learned really by tuvok from reliving this experience no no, we learn stuff about him, which I mean, yeah, fine, whatever. But it's not, it's not a story. It's just a bunch of exposition. Yeah, yeah. And then here's the disease at the end. Thankfully for him. All right. I don't know if we have much else to say about this one, really. So we'll just go to patron thoughts. I think. Thanks everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the content today, Patreon.com/slash the Penske File. Best way to support us. You leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes. We read them. You get extra podcasts. Blickety blah 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 blah. This one is flashback. Let me open your little Discord window so I can send things to you. How did you feel about Vulcan Jenga? Uh, I liked it. I continue. I like. I um. I like the way Tuvok represents Vulcans. I think. Yeah. Um. You know that thing kind of looks silly, and it is kind of a silly concept, but it does feel like it's fitting of the Vulcans to me. Um. Mm. I would think the Vulcans would be sort of beyond like a uh, what's that store in every mall that's cutting cutting edge? Is that what that's was that oh, like a Brookstone? Yeah, Brookstone where they just sell like little gimmick toys basically. 
it feels like that, and maybe the Vulcans wouldn't exactly be that. But I, I when he's talking st- about it, it makes sense to me. The store every dad got a back massager for Christmas from yes. from their kids from for yep. uh, between 1992 and 1999, <laughs> and, and a pair of like electric heated socks or something like that. Yeah, to, to sit with or one of those. One of those, uh, uh, the balls that click back and forth. Yep. It's good. Yeah. Oh, no, the other one, the spinny one. That one that was like, it's like a bunch of bent metal, but it, it has like a weight on it and it just spins. Oh, yeah. In, right. in like weird shapes in the metal, like the metal design spins and stuff. Yeah. The electric you know, that, that was a great, great piece it's a, of it's shit. A, it's a, it's a, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if Brookstone survived uh, the pandemic, but we'll never know. Uh, with 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 no one to come in and just try out the massage chairs all day. <laughs> That's why we're all so stressed. The yeah. Brookstones went away and everyone got antsy. Kyle Barrett says, does Clay's dislike of unnecessary travel translate to flashbacks? Because it seems to me they were to return. Seems to me they returned to the present having learned nothing, ask the exact same questions they had before, and then travel back again to get the answers they could have got the first time. Other than the opening with the exact same Neelix scene we've seen many times before, I enjoy this episode as an undiscovered country fan, even though DS9 has the fi- by far better anniversary episode. I know everyone was old in the movie, but good lord, this is the USS Geriatric, where the 107-year-old Tuvok is considered the young buck. It's disconcerting going straight from the new 4K release of Undiscovered Country to this 4x3 SD Voyager episode, and the fact that they chose to show many of the people this parasite has infected by suddenly jump-cutting to a black kid in stereotypical African garb made me erupt with laughter. Three out of five. Yeah, I mean, obviously, she's there for um, I don't know sentimental reasons because she used to be on the old show or something. Yeah, Rand, but like, yeah. Yeah. like cut Rand at that position is like. Imagine if you're flying like a B fifty two bomber. <laughs> <laughs> about to drop a drop a payload on Berlin or something, and you're the guy who's targeting for you is like 108 <laughs> years old. <laughs> it's there's no there's no ageism in the uh, the Federation at this time. You can just be you you don't need to retire. You can just be out there forever. Norman Buckwald, I'll read this one. It's quick. Help me, Weston Clay. No, no, no. Wish there was a Sulu Excelsior series instead of this one, where somehow in Star Trek Six the guy rises from the dead. Two arm grasp viruses over a cliff out of five. This one's quick too. Concedo. Why does Trials and Tribulations feel like a warm-hearted tribute, but this one feels like a cynical fan service episode? Maybe because Sulu doesn't actually get to do much or have any meaningful interaction with Tuvok. One out of five. All right, here's Tax Owl Bear. I'll send this one to you. Tax Owl Bear. 2W. What's 2W? Two weeks. He wrote it two weeks ago. I just copied two, everything. Two weeks. Flashback. Nothing says lost in the Delta Quadrant like dragging like dragging things from the Alpha Qu- Okay, sorry. Nothing says lost in the Delta Quadrant like dragging things from the Alpha Quadrant there. This would bother me less if Sulu actually had some meaningful interaction with Tuvok, but the only lesson here seems to be that you should bribe your superiors with tea. He wasn't doing that. He made it very clear he was just being sycophantic for no reason. Aaron Million says, Flashback, this is a complete fan service here. You either love seeing Sulu and, to a lesser extent, Janice Rand again, or you don't. 
I do, but this episode leaves a lot to be desired. A bulky plot with a muddled explanation of what Tuvok was experiencing and why superficial interaction between Sulu and Tuvok uh, and no dialogue between Sulu and Janeway. Sulu briefly yelling at her doesn't count as Janeway remains silent. I would have rather seen Janeway have some type of conversation, no matter how brief, with Sulu, Ella Sisko and Kirk in the DS9 episode, Trials and Tribulations. I appreciate the effort and thought to get Sulu and Rand into an episode, but the execution is mediocre. Four spilled cups of tea for Captain Sulu out of five. I'm giving four instead of three here, solely due to Sulu. Why is it so difficult for Star Trek to realize that they just got to get their captains on the, the bridge of a ship together and just let them interact. Yeah. Know. You know, like it's, it's the they biggest think problem. It's too obvious. I think maybe, you know? Yeah. Like, like we said before, like I said before, the biggest problem with generations is they don't put Kirk on the fucking ship. Mm-hmm. And here you've got Janeway on the Excelsior and you've got Sulu who many call the, the Janeway of TOS. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it just like i don't know it, i feel like they should interact yeah you know like yeah. there's the fact that they don't and it just turns into sula going wait who are you get off my ship <laughs> <laughs> not I, not super i don't know i know i know sulu is uh that wasn't a gay joke by the way it was just a <laughs> it was a hierarchy of captain's power joke <laughs> Sulu is on top. I don't even want to tell you what these guys thought that meant. Um, You know, Sulu is sort of larger than life in terms of the franchise uh, just because Takei has been around forever and Sulu's been in a lot. But, like, honestly, what what does Sulu have to say to anybody? You know, like, I'm a little little critical of the character – in this regard, just because I don't know what that character can actually say to anybody. He he's not Kirk. He's not Spock. He's not even McCoy. Like, can I can I ask a a question that might be sacrilegious, mm. uh, given how much Star Trek that the two of us have watched sure. over the years? Hopefully, I know the answer. Then, what is Sulu's character? Like, have we spent enough time with him? Full stop. To, to know anything about no him that's that my would, point yeah he, yeah I, I don't know what he is outside of he drives the ship yeah like he's having him be a captain is cool you know in the same way like wharf being captain is cool mm-hmm. but i know a lot more about wharf than i do sulu right. and that's not that's not takai's fault or anything it's just that's the way the series really, was and he's yeah. just a supporting character in the 60s show you know and in the movies he tags along for various yeah. things so what I'm saying is, in about forty more years, get ready for the tribute episode where someone jumps back in time to the uh, uh, to the bridge of the, f- the the predecessor of the Excelsior, mm-hmm. which is helmed by the girl with the weird robot thing on her face from Discovery, no, right. <laughs> the one who has PTSD about flying ships. She's oh that one. I was thinking Arium, but yeah the. the- <laughs> Whatever the PTSD girl is, uh, she's certainly a character that I think could really drive home plot of some franchise in the future. But you know what I mean, oh, though. Boy. Like, yeah, I think we're we're talking about the same thing. Where it's yeah. like he just, I don't know enough about. Like George Takei is more of a character than Sulu is. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, yes, exactly. Takei is, has given that character life in a way that the character does not have outside. Yes, of that. which you know, hats good, off to him for him. doing that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
Although when you go back now, it's just now you just see I see Sulu as Takei, really. Sure, you know it's, yeah. he he it's it's not that big of a, a leap. Uh, Jonathan J.K. Moore. Sorry, these are all short. I don't think people had a lot to say about this one. Jonathan J.K. Moore says, could have been better. Paramount today would do a limited series with Sulu, something we get plenty of now in the streaming age, but asked for nearly 30 years ago. It's an honest attempt of celebration, but mostly meh in terms of story, but I enjoyed the respectable integration into Star Trek. Star Trek 6. I thought it was going to be... So he gives it a 2.5, and he's mentioned Star Trek 6. I thought he was saying 6.2 out of 5. Uh, <laughs> next... A lot of people just writing flashback. Here is Jaron Hatch. I'll let you read this one because it's a little bit longer. Where, on its own, it start? it's... On its own. Oh, yeah, there it is. Sorry, yep. On its own, it's fine for what it is. Compared to Trials and Tribulations, however, it's a dismal failure. Anniversary specials need to come with a wink and a smile, not wallow in the terribly uninteresting plot details that make the nostalgia scenario happen in the first place. It takes itself far too seriously and too easily embraces Voyager functionalism, where the story is more concerned with getting from A to B than in exploring anything meaningful. Still, it's fun to see George Takai on the bridge of the Excelsior, even if you have to sit through a million scenes of that girl falling to her fuzzy green screen death to get there. Three monster maroons out of five. Yeah. I like, I like uh, Voyager functionalism. I like that as a, mm. as a descriptor. Changeling says, first of all, props to having an episode called Flashback, and it's not a clip show. Yeah, I also, <laughs> I also dig Tuvok's backstory of not being full on Starfleet from the beginning and trying to pursue a different life at some point. As a side note, it's kind of funny how an original cast member coming back used to be a big deal because it was so rare, and now it's so prevalent that even they bring back actors from the grave. Four flashes of child ethnic stereotypes out of five. I was thinking, I was actually thinking about that while I was watching this. And I was thinking, like, man, they why don't they? Do you think there's someone out there being like, do you think we can get George Takai on Strange New Worlds? Because mm-hmm. I, I, w- I was going to say Shatner, but like that doesn't make any sense. And he I mean, it has not. to be time travel either way. Oh, of course, yeah, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> but I just mean like he's so much older than he was when he supposedly died. Correct. At yeah, this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like I don't think he would do it anyway. But uh, I feel like you could get George Takai. Like, we don't know what Sulu's fate is, I don't think. So yeah. I don't see why you couldn't uh, do some tra- time travel shenanigans and put Sulu on the Enterprise for, for an episode. That'd be kind of fun. It's true. Or even, fu- I mean, fuck, Janeway. Get get Janeway on the ship. Well, she's on Prodigy now. Yeah, so what? Let's be on two shows. <laughs> you know, I um, I don't entirely disagree, but... You know, for all of the horrible things that Roddenberry did in the first couple seasons of TNG, I really respect his thing of like, I'm not doing the same shit I did last right, time. Yeah. I'm not bringing anybody in to this show. I'm not even talking about Vulcans on this show. So fuck you. Yeah. Um, pretty impressive and for a, a series that was not good <laughs> at that time. That he didn't even <laughs> bail on that idea. He like he he yeah. held to his guns. Man. Isn't that the most interesting thing watching these shows is seeing how quickly they start to bail on that? No, once he's <laughs> once he's gone, they're just like, we need Spock, we need McCoy, we need. Well, everybody. not even that show. Like watching all these subsequent shows too, where it's like this one, Voyagers like has such a great setup as we've said many many times. But then like kind of late last season, they start going like, hey, you remember Data? Yeah. Hey, you remember, uh, remember Riker? Remember Kirk? Yep. Remember Riker? We can get Riker on the show if you want. <laughs> we can get Riker and. Q, not no, not that Q, a different one. He's he's cool too, and uh, John Singer Sergeant or whoever the fuck the other people were in this. 
but this, you know, and then this 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 season we get Sulu. You look at Discovery; they hit the fucking Enterprise button as hard as they could in yep. the first season. Yeah. Um, no, even Strange do. New World, even Strange New World, which where do you go when you're already set on the Enterprise and you've already got Spock? Well, apparently you introduce Captain fucking Kirk. That's where you yeah. go. <laughs> well, how did they meet Clay? How did they meet? <laughs> I need to know. It's a show about it's a show about Mr. Spock and Captain Kirk and they're both kids. <laughs> it's a show dedicated to the idea that a another captain was standing between their relationship and we should hate that captain, Captain Pike, for just interfering with what would have been a yeah. uh, a blossom uh, romance. I mean, you know, not to go off on that, but like that's just, that's a story they covered in the movies fairly well. Yeah. You know, like what more is there to say about Kirk, Spock, and and Pike? that they don't finish up in the first half an hour of Into Darkness, which is actually pretty solid. Yep. Yep. Uh, but anyway, I digress. No, it's true. It's, um, it's you know, uh, as, we're do- as we've as we been doing this podcast for, uh, for so long, we're now practically done with our PhD level dissertation on what this is. And I think it's just, it's a, uh, like the physics of a, a star consuming itself and turning into a black hole. I think franchises just become self-referential and then draw into themselves and end up nothing by the end of it. Um, I, I think the more that they go back to that well, it's just a sign of weakness, really, more than anything. Yeah. Uh, like, it, it's not so bad here. Like, they're, they're trying to do an anniversary special or something like that, and that's all fine, I guess, but... I don't know. It's like people are saying, if it's not if it's not trials and tribulations level of interesting, then it's not worth doing just because you have to the ability to do it. Yeah. Speaking of franchises, this is an even bigger digression. Uh, I just I'm watching like probably one of the best sequels I've ever seen, and it's Adam's Family Values. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we we watched the Wednesday show, which was you know which was good. It was enjoyable. And then we went back and we were watching the, the um, Adam's Family movies from the 90s. And the first Adam's Family movie is a lot of fun. But the second one, man, fucking amazing. Hmm. It's so good. And, like, it is – it's one of those sequels where they manage to essentially kind of structure things more or less the same. But the stuff that they do inside that structure is very novel and different and fun. Yep. So it doesn't end up being Ghostbusters 2 where it's just literally the same movie again. Right. It's got a lot of the same kind of beats, but they they kind of take the things that were great about the first one and just kind of dial them up. Mm. So there's, you know, like Christina Ricci was the breakout star, I think, from the first one. So there's a lot more with her in it. Um, you know, you get a lot, you get, you get Gomez doing a lot of uh, big booming speeches, which are a lot of fun. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's good. It, like, I, I don't remember it being as good as it is. Anyway, yeah, I I wouldn't have even remembered it uh, if you brought it up uh, without you know if you had asked me to name the sequel to the movie, I wouldn't have been able to remember it. I don't think at this point. Uh, point X to G. Did I read this one? No. The entire Tuvok memory and Graham story is quite frankly a bit too weird to really work. The best parts of this episode are the glimpses into what Sulu is doing during the undiscovered country. I think it's great that he tried to mount his own rescue of Kirk and McCoy, and seeing Michael and Sarah's Kang from TOS is a nice treat. I also appreciate the tiny detail in costuming that Rand's uniform doesn't properly fit Janeway. I did notice that too. I thought that was that was good. Here is the undiscovered Mugato with flashback. My favorite part was when the doctor said, please wear this neurocortical monitor. 
Tuvok said, fuck you, Doc, my freedoms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, my favorite part is that I said neurocortical on the first try. You did. You, um, you, <laughs> it came close, but it, it came through. Well, it's it was one of those ones where I started it and I, and I was I almost bailed on it, but I was like I think I think I got it. <laughs> well, it's nice they revisit Sulu. I'm not sure Takai pulled off being a captain. Maybe it's a blessing we never got a Captain Sulu show. Mm. Did we ever learn why this virus was manifesting itself at this moment? Did Voyager ever get the cerulean out of the nebula? Who knows. On second thought, my favorite part was seeing the succession of different kids dropping that girl, culminating in Bam Bam from the Flintstones. Three oh my's out of five. Nice. Um, so, spe- speaking of the virus, was was the virus at all related to the nebula? No, I don't think so. Right? I don't think it was. No, it's just the trait. All right. Well, so I, I have to. I have a point that I'm so glad that Undiscovered Bugatti has brought this up. The the idea that you can look at two nebula and say they look similar to each other <laughs> is like looking at clouds and saying that cloud reminds me of a cloud I saw 50 years ago. Yeah. That makes no yeah. fucking sense. Well, I was trying to do it in my, I was trying to work it out in my head where I was like, oh, is it the same nebula? And like, that is. That's what it, they're, the, they're implying. The nebula. That. Yeah. 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 But then they say it's not though. No, right? it's not. It's totally, it, Harry Kim has the incredible boring description. He's like, they look the same, but they're really not the same. <laughs> yeah, because I thought it was like, oh, because they're back in the ne- the nebula is somehow manifesting this memory, right? Because it, or, or something like that. Yeah, or it's a time travel device because of the amount of whatever that silicon is in yeah, it or whatever. Like yeah. <clears throat> um, but that's not the case. And then ultimately, when it comes down to the virus, I don't think the virus is related to the nebula unless i think it's just the memory of the nebula is what triggers the memory engram that causes the virus to flare up in tuvok at that point okay but oh that's fucking weak man yeah oh, that was the that was my other my other favorite bit is when the doctor is explaining what's going on and he's like yes so when that guy died the uh uh the mind virus jumped into your mind where it just hid itself in the back of your brain and in, inside a repressed fake memory and it's been eating you from the inside ever since yeah and Vulcans, coincidentally, if they have hidden trauma, it causes them to go crazy and get brain damage. Unfortunately Apparently. for them, yeah. I just i i I don't know. I I was really hung up on the nebula. Like Tuvok, he, Tuvok has seen five thousand nebula in the show alone. Like for how <laughs> how can he be reminded of it? It's just a cloud in the distance. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I also I also really like Tuvok's explanation about why. Um, what happened when he left Starfleet because it was very true to the uh, the the character arc of most uh, most me- uh, straight men yeah which is uh, yeah I was really into space for a while and then I then I got horny and met some girls and I never <laughs> looked at space ever again <laughs> I liked the uh, <coughs> in all sincerity I do like I feel like they do it quite frequently but I liked the ending of like two like that's the decision I made and Janeway has the thing, and he says, like, it was a logical decision, and Janeway says, I'm sure it was, uh, implying it's something else. I always like when they close little Vulcan conversations like that. Mm-hmm. Patrick Seba says, flashback, my God, man, what's that? An erstwhile old friend in uniform, pimped. What means pay this end? B-plot's pace languid, but they killed that kid, and now let's Sulu to best captains append. Did I fuck that one up? Four exquisitely gilded teacups <laughs> out of five. And why the me- why that memory? The, of the nebula? 
no of of the of the girl dropping did it need to be traumatic was that the deal I think they were. I think they say in the episode that it was like a memory that be, it was like a game of telephone. Like who knows if that's actually what it was, but that's what it's become. Oh, sure. By the time that it got to Tuvok, when the when the caveman child dropped the yeah the <laughs> girl from 1955 off a cliff, <laughs> looked unfortunately similar to Janeway from Child Janeway or whatever. There, yeah, it the, did look like a child wearing Janeway's wig. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the caveman. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. Anyway, let's see. Is that the last comment? No, there's two more. So uh, do you want the longer one or the shorter one? Uh, Either one. I'll do the first one then. It's longer. Rayo says, for me, this has always been an above average episode of Voyager as clearly effort was made to remake old sets and show us glimpses of what a Sulu show and his exploits in the Beta Quadrant would have been. However, I constantly see people trashing and hating on this episode because it doesn't measure up to trials and tribulations, which I find odd since few of few, if any episodes of Star Trek can measure up to that trials and tribulation episode anyway. Takei is excellent. The old uniforms and set look great. And I find... And for one, I, for one, find this episode perfectly enjoyable and don't see why it has to be a competition with a winner and loser. The plot is just an excuse for nostalgia, but so is Trials and Tribulations, frankly, unless you really buy that there's an ultra-powerful orb of time the Cardassians would willingly give up and the Defiant crew and Odo would just leave unguarded for any Klingon agents to destroy the timeline with. They could have done better, but after seeing the Picard show, we all know what much worse looks like when it comes to destroying Legacy. 3.5 out of 5. And then Nick the Rat with Tuvok. I don't know why I said Tuvok. Nick the Rat with Flashback is our final comment. Flashback. Calling Tuvok Mr. Vulcan seems racist for some reason. You get a great shot of the carpeting in this episode, and who doesn't like watching Tuvok playing with blocks? It was fun fun to get to see the Excelsior, but overall the brain virus thing seemed dumb. Three girls screaming, no, out of five. Yep. A little bit of a spread of opinion from the uh, the patrons on this one. Mm, interestingly, yeah, yeah all I, over the map there. Yeah, it's it is a lot of a lot of fours and uh, no fives, but a lot of a lot of high high fours. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for supporting the show, and thank you for leaving your comments about it. Clay, on our scale of one to five, what are you going to give this one? Flashback. Uh, I'm gonna give it a two. Yeah, I uh, I think you know I think they, they, there was potential here to do something kind of fun and actually tell a story inside your nostalgic anniversary thing. Uh, but, you know, they didn't. So it is what it is. Yeah. I think it's um, I think it's a two just because it's kind of a failure on a lot of different levels that makes it feel like a boring episode by the end of it. I think that, you know, the lack of any kind of Tuvok story is really detrimental to it. The fact that he's just there. The memory virus Engram thing is kind of silly. Um it, it kind of feels like an episode that's building up to something and it never gets there, and then they just right. take the easy way out, and that's pretty yeah, disappointing. Exactly. Yeah, and I was wondering if the explosion of the moon Praxis, if they were worried that that was going to somehow mess with the bomb that was inside Kronos. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's I'm, I'm, re- I'm reading a book about old old uh, miners, and it was like uh, uh, the like people who dig, not like barely legal stuff, but. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but Wes, were, Wes, old miners are called adults. <laughs> <laughs> Barely legal. Um, I've I've seen those websites. <laughs> I don't click on them, but I've seen them. There are friends in my area, Clay. Um, 
<laughs> but they used to they, they used to just use dynamite willy-nilly and like a lot of oh, the yeah. dynamite wouldn't blow up and so they'd start digging again and someone would just dig into the dynamite and blow themselves up and it's like it's, yep. it's that kind of thing with praxis i think you just Good get too days. close yeah yeah man mining what a horrible fucking job <laughs> yeah i know you think you could find <laughs> anything better to do yeah i don't know that much about it but the little i do know makes it seem like not top, fun top five worst jobs you could possibly have yep black lung flashback the praxis story uh that's it twos for both of us for flashback unfortunate i didn't think it was very good i thought it was pretty boring so there you go two anyway thanks everybody for listening thank you for supporting the show patreon.com slash the penske files is the place to go a couple bucks all that stuff clay do you have anything you want to say uh if you want to follow amanda and i as we take a trip into the video nasties archives you can find those episodes on patreon we uh, in january we are starting up our series on video nasties uh we haven't started it yet as as of recording this so i don't know what the first movie is but Mm. i'm sure it will be uh gross and bloody and controversial Yes, and Badass is also back at this point, so uh, jump into season two of Batman Beyond with me and Sean. Batman Beyond. How many seasons of Batman Beyond are left? Is this the last one? Uh, There's three seasons. Oh, okay. So I think think it shakes out to be about equal per season, but the middle season is like extra. It's like, I think the first season is 13 (coughs) episodes. The second season, I think, is like 20. Yep. And then I think the third one might be another kind of shortened one. Okay. Badass is back. All the other shows. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this one. We'll be back with our next episode, which I think is called... What is it called? No, it's not basic. Uh, it's, all, it's all fucked up. Where's the, the order? I hate memory elf. It puts it in, like, production order. It's the shoot is the next episode. So we will is see. That like, is that like a wrestling shoot? Uh, no, like it's is, shoot it, is, it an, is it an interview with Kevin Matt, Kevin Nash? That <laughs> <laughs> always pops up on my YouTube for some reason. I always get interviews with Kevin Nash, uh, <laughs> trashing people that he used to work with. I, yeah, I, I find yeah, that's what you do. That's what you do after you retire from wrestling is you just talk shit about everyone you worked with. Yeah, because <laughs> people will pay you money to hear to you talk it. shit about the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of wrestling podcasts are just like I there's like shorts of the Ultimate Warrior just complaining about everyone uh, that he had seen and stuff like that, but who knows. Um then like Road Dog complaining about the Rock, all all weird oh, yeah. stuff, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hard not to seem uh like it's bitter berry juice there from the Road Dog, but what do I know? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, that stuff comes I'm sure it doesn't matter who it is. There's always some. It's always bitter for some reason or another. Yeah, because well, the Rock is making millions of dollars, and you're like on painkillers for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. I mean, it goes the other way too, where you always you always end up finding a uh, an interview with someone who was like huge at the time, who's still like, no, that guy fucking sucked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Usually the <laughs> ultimate. It's usually the <laughs> ultimate. The All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with the shoot next episode. Until then, have a good one.